0: Hi and welcome to the Terror Test. I'm Eric and I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories, production, monster quality, and scare factor to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon.
1: In this podcast, we will put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready and begin. All right, so this week we are watching House
0: of a Thousand Corpses.
1: Yes. So this is the next movie in our series where one of us has selected the movie and we are trying to convince the other person Mm -hmm. why this belongs in the canon. And I thought of a title
0: for this, for this, like, for what we did, but also for the month of October. So it's going to be called Pick or Treat. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Pick or Treat. Yeah. So this one is my selection. Yeah. And I'm going to are you ready for this? Not only am I going to defend it, okay, but I'm also going to connect it to Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
1: Oh, okay. So this is you're playing the long game. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know if it's gonna pay off. But <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> we're gonna try. Alright. So let's get into it. Uh the House of One Thousand Corps is uh two thousand three. Uh, written and directed by Rob Zombie, starring Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding, Karen Black as Mother Firefly, uh, Chris Hardwick as Jerry Goldsmith, Sherry Moon Zombie as Baby Firefly, and Bill Moseley as Chop Top. Oh, chop Top. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know what his character name was in this movie, but he's he's Chop Top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what
0: he is. <laughs> um, So, yeah, let's talk about production first. So we're looking to see that the film is timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. Um, So let's just talk about the overall look. And this is going to be my connection to Killer Clowns, right, is that I feel like this movie is pastiche at at its finest. Like, he's definitely going for um, that mid-60s, early-70s look. Um, yeah. uh, with the, like the splicing, the cut-ins, um, then also like it opens with the, that TV show, mm-hmm. um, that's like that late night creature feature, um, yeah. sort of show. And so that is my tie into killer clowns is that killer clowns wanted to be that B movie sci-fi, um, kind of homage. I feel like this is just Rob Zombie's, um, homage to all of those types of films in that
1: era of the, yeah. I would agree. I think it is an homage to those B splatter movies. Um, but my question is like, what is it, what is it trying to say? Like, does it add anything new mm. while paying respect to the genre? Like what, what is it bringing to the table?
0: I think production wise, what I picked up, cause this was a rewatch, but it like, I, I think I saw this when it came out in the theaters. Mm-hmm. um it's the last time that i had seen it i think re-watching it i see that it's maybe i i, I don't know i don't know if this is something new that it brings but i feel like each scene uh, is an attempt to create like a diorama of like a horror scene like you would see going through that murder ride or going through a horror house or a, a haunted house like where you have just kind of like that diorama of uh of like the kill scene or the monster or whatever. You have that whenever they open up like the shed um, and the police and the father discover those cheerleaders in that mm-hmm. shed. It's like that's the scene and then you like zooms in at all the different faces or you get to the front of their house when they're waiting on the porch and it's zooming in all the, all the dolls. It's like each room of the house is this separate homage to all of that. So like when they're at the dinner table, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do you feel like it was too
1: rip, rippy-offy? Um, yeah, I don't think it's just the dinner table that was kind of a rip-off of, of Texas Chainsaw. Although, I don't know if rip-off is the right word. Homage is correct, because he's definitely trying to pay tribute. Um, but after watching it, I it made me think of Texas Chainsaw, and I there's nothing in there that is like, as iconic as Leatherface or the Sawyer family. And I saw it a few days ago and not much has stuck as far as like, what is really memorable mm-hmm. about this movie. I mean, definitely the the protagonist, the, the good guys, um, they, they're very one dimensional. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't... Uh, I forgot that Chris Hardwick was in this. <laughs> oh, man, <It's, laughs> his hair, it's just... Oh. It's out of control. <laughs> yeah, but him and um, Rain Wilson... Yeah. Like, i they stood out just because they're recognizable faces. Um, the two females I couldn't tell apart. Um, yeah. They were pretty interchangeable. And so, like, when you have, like, the final third of that movie... Um, which is basically that final girl um, trying to escape. Um, I mean, I didn't even know her name. She, you know, is yeah, just very like there There wasn't enough there for me to to feel invested in any of the characters.
0: Yeah, I feel, well, you don't get much. It's more, there's more investment in the Captain Spaulding and in the villains yeah. than there are. In the hero, but and I think even, that's why you're I think you're supposed to root for the villains in this movie
1: I think so um, Even with Captain Spaulding I kind of This is the first time I've seen it And I always had the impression that he was Like he was a bigger part of it Because he's really not in That much Mm-mm. In fact Like after the beginning I was kind of thinking Why like what was the point of that yeah, you kind of you expect him to be like a, in
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You expect him to be like an uncle or something like that. Show back up at the
1: house, mm-hmm. but then he never does. And I would say, out of out of any other character in the movie, like he is the iconic one. Yeah, like his clown makeup and his beard, like that's that's iconic. Like you could recognize that look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I will say like. At the very beginning, there's some pretty crude humor that made me cringe, not because I can't take crude humor, mm-hmm. but um, I mean he was just casually using the word retard, which just is it, not. I
0: mean it. Yeah, it's crude. It's crass. I think what it reminded me of, though, that I didn't think about last uh, the first time that I watched it, is it feels like and I, and I can see why people don't like this movie for the same reason that that they don't like this other movie these this other director I'm going to mention but it feels like a Tarantino film where he's like referencing all these different like types of movies or an homage to this type of movies that he loves but it's just like little snippets of it um and it can feel disjointed and people just get tired of it because they say it's unoriginal. Like, I know people who are huge Tarantino fans and then people who hate him mm-hmm. because they think he's just ripping
1: off all these different, say, like, kung fu movies yeah. or whatever. With Tarantino, though, like, it's kind of you come for, like, the genre. Yeah. Um, but then you stay for the dialogue because his dialogue yeah. is just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um the dialogue here is not it tries. Interesting. It tries Ugh, with like really lame jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The dialogue didn't do much for me. Um, let's see what else did I think about this. Um, what do you think about so like the tone The tone was interesting um because it did try to you know have some comedy while also, you know, being very gory. Mm-hmm. Um at the end the 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 credit song was Brick House. Yeah. What I that about. I don't know. I, do, I like I have no idea
0: why. I mean, the rest of it's like this like really like dirty, like swampy like rock metal stuff. Yeah. And what you would expect from Rob Zombie? Yeah. But, yeah, that one at the end, I
1: don't know it, because, yeah, by that time, I was thinking like what what was he trying to do? um I really liked the the cutaways, like the the parts that felt like a music video uh yeah. were my favorite parts i
0: I like those very too, stylized. yeah i I like that, and I think it happens more in the beginning when it does that, and I think it's too like leave you feeling or like give the audience the same sense that i think the main villains have like they're just totally separated from reality and that's what it does is it like it makes it feel like it's it's not real because it's just a video of what they're doing mm-hmm. not actually what they're doing so it's just i think and i got that this time i felt like those cutaways weren't just for aesthetic appeal but like had a purpose for that to show like how Disjointed
1: from reality, they were. Hmm. It, it it never. felt you feel like it was just like It was as it, it it felt about as deep as a music video. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can see that. Yeah.
0: I. But I did like the it was again it was more so the look in the beginning like when you first you get that first shot of the gas station where it's like all the neon lights and the two signs next to each other and like the colors are very purposeful mm-hmm. but that does
1: not carry through in the rest no. of the movie and even so like that ride mm-hmm. like what did that what did that do for you
0: I, I like the little folklore bits yeah in it where it was going through each of those stories and how it gets to the Dr. Satan story. I thought that was cool. And I think I, I wanted to see more of that. Cause that part where she's actually in the tunnels and everything and going through the different corpses and meets all those like weird, um, like zombie experiment guys uh-huh. and like Dr. Satan. I love the look of him. He looks like a puppet. He looks like, like a marionette or like an animatron. I think that's cool. Was that the big guy who is Dr. Satan? Dark, at the very So at the very end when she's in the tunnel and there's yeah. a guy like experimenting okay. on the body and he's got like these metal bits in his yeah, arms and he's yeah, got yeah, the yeah. like oxygen mask. Yeah, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Okay. But I, that's the thing is like, it's, I, I forgot in this rewatch that he was actually in it. I thought she was just running through the tunnels and that the family was chasing her. Yeah. And then she got out. But, like, there's an actual Dr.
1: Satan in yeah, there. Yeah, my attention was definitely waning in the last <laughs> third of this. Um, so, I don't know. Are you going to give it a point? Uh, I, I think it lacks,
0: it's like, looking at her rubric, I feel like it lacks the effectiveness. Like, he's trying a bunch of different things. But, and was it, I think this is like his debut, isn't it? It is. And I feel, feel like it feels that way. It feels like a, like, it feels like a first novel to me. Yeah. Where it's like, you're trying a bunch of things, but you really don't have your voice yet. I feel like maybe his voice is a bit stronger in like Devil's Rejects, like subsequent films. And yeah. And his style is more focused. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. I, I think we see that even in, like, when we teach writing Um, you know, how, how when we first write, it's very derivative. I mean, we're, we're really trying to like emulate the writers that we like until we can find our voice Mm -hmm. and kind of stand on our own two legs. And so, yeah, I, I get the same sense, um, with this film where, yeah, zombie is, is kind of emulating his heroes, um, and, I mean, I haven't seen many of his other movies, so I hope that he finds his voice. I mean, I, I did see I feel like he Devil's does... Rejects. It was maybe a little better. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed Devil's Rejects
0: the most out of all of these. So, like, I haven't seen the newest one, 31. Okay. My brother said he saw it, said he liked it. Um, But he's also a huge fan of Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand okay. Corpses and even, like, the Halloween remake. Yeah. Um, which I was... Those? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. Like, you know how parts of this movie kind of feel like a, like, like, kind of like a, I don't know, will we'll be nice, like a love note to his wife because she's oh. in it so much. Yeah. Um, it's even more so on Halloween. His wife is in that yes, too? Yes, she yeah. plays, um, she plays Michael's mom. Oh, okay. Who, like, appears, like, as a ghost and, like, talks to him in his head and like tells him to to kill why john carpenter didn't like it maybe maybe (laughs) um so like it's just it feels like he's yeah you're just doing it for his wife yeah so and that's that's something that Kristen said too is that her laugh gets a little
1: yeah a little irritating yeah she she does. I mean, she's definitely trying to play, like, a certain type of, like, horror villain. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I think she does it fine. Um, You don't need
0: the... Like, you don't need the grandpa. Yeah. Right? Like, he... he I mean... I, the stuff where they do the stage performance. Uh huh. Um, again, that like made me think of like, okay, each part of this and for the family is like, it's a haunted
1: house. So, like, each room is its own, like, theme mm-hmm. or motif. That, that reminded me of David Lynch, actually. Yeah. And man, those David Lynch scenes are just so well done and so weird and surreal. Um, and so, I don't know, if you're going to compare yourself to all of these other great films, like, you better be a great film yourself, and I just don't think it's there. Yeah. Um. So, I, I think I'm not
0: going to give it a point. I know I'm defending it. Yeah. I, but again, I feel like it doesn't, as we, like, I haven't mm-hmm. sat and, like, looked through that, the, the rubric until now, and I feel like
1: it doesn't quite live up to...
0: What we're shooting yeah. for.
1: if we did half points I would give it a half point But yeah. since we don't then I'm I'm not gonna give it a point yeah um yeah for those reasons so let's move on to monster quality
0: monster quality the film's monsters are frightening clearly relate to archetypal fears and have depth um this is oh this is a tough one for me because like you have the obvious villains hmm again we have dr. Satan yeah oh it's gonna be a stretch to relate them to archetypal fears that have depth yeah what's it's pretty superficial like what's could you say that well there okay so there is that uh the whole idea of like city versus rural and they constantly bring this up in the dialogue but it feels kind of superficial when they do when they're talking about well you're just saying that because you think us country folk are dumb like captain spaulding says Mm -hmm. that um and then uh who is it? Who else says it? It's the uh, oh, what's Rob, what's the character's name for Rob Zombie's wife? I, I want to oh, call her like uh, baby, baby,
1: baby. Is that it? Okay. Uh, yeah, baby Firefly.
0: Yeah, baby Firefly. So she says that at one point, um, there when they when the uh when like our crew first gets to the house, but mm-hmm. I feel like that passes at the end. Like it doesn't. It it's not substantial. No, he wants it to be there, but it's not enough to to have depth. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know what other monsters.
1: Well, so like types? even just comparing like the Firefly family to the Sawyer family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like in that in that family, you have this sense of like a patriarchy of like these old school traditions uh-huh. with a grandfather, and you have this kind of like uh like consumerism or like post industrial uh waste with like the um with the slaughterhouse closing down and so here yeah you don't have that at all like what do they do
0: uh i don't know <laughs> i i mean I, it seems like the only thing that they do is like capture people and bring in to yeah. Doctor Satan, that's that's all that they do. I thought so for a minute it's going to be them. them. <laughs> <laughs> like, do how think? do they earn their income? I don't know. Um, they eat people, <laughs> and that's what the fried chicken is. Oh, okay. I don't know. I think that. Well, I mean, I think that's what maybe they were. That Rob Zombie was going for subtly is he wanted to say that the chicken is people, mm. you know, at Captain Spaulding's. Yeah.
1: just to reference Texas Chainsaw, but it's not clear. Yeah. Like how, how does this family kind of fit into the world? Um, Yeah. I I don't, I don't see any depth there, so I don't know. I'm not going to give it a point. (sighs)
0: Yeah. I just don't think they don't have depth. I love the villains in this. And obviously like there's enough substance to make devils rejects. Um, And I feel like it gets deeper
1: in there, but without that, They all are pretty flat. I think they're, yeah, I definitely think it has potential. But yeah, it, it, some of it was squandered because it, it didn't, it didn't go that extra. It almost gets there with,
0: um, yeah, we'll continue calling him Chop Top. Almost gets there with Chop (laughs) Top because he like goes on those rants and there's like a hint of like the Manson family yeah at different parts and he's kind of going on his tirade there in the beginning to the one of the cheerleaders uh-huh. or no the group of the cheerleaders and he's like going on his rant like he wants it to be about like how society is kind of like force them into conformity or whatever but I, again I think it falls flat because it doesn't go any deeper than that yeah so it's pretty shallow so I think. uh Dang it, John. You're, <laughs> as we talk about it, hey, I can't. I can't give it a point. All right. Well, um, scare Factor? So Scare Factor, film has a clear intent to scare and must be successful in that objective from beginning to end. Um, there are parts in this that are scary. Like, I think getting to... It's the tunnel thing that gets to me at the very end. What about it? That's the, I think being, being trapped like that in a Mm -hmm. coffin and then getting in the tunnels. I don't know. All those movies that are, that are like that, that like end up with them underground. Mm -hmm. Again, I think this is like reference to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Right. Where you have those, that like intricate Mm -hmm. tunnel system or even um, movies like The Descent. They always get to me because you're just lost and confined in this like subterranean underworld type place. Um, I think there's interesting things you can do there But again, I don't think it goes far enough Right
1: Yeah, I don't It didn't really do much for me Because by that time I I I was kind of out of it Um, (laughs) I, I I think a good Horror movie has to Make you invested In order for you to feel scared For those scary moments and I don't think he did anything in the first half of the movie to make us invested yeah. in the characters or, you know, in what was coming up. So
0: um, I will say, look, look this up. So you know how when they're lo- lowering them in the um, in the coffin, they're dressed as rabbits.
1: Oh, uh-huh. they're
0: going down, and they play the tape recorder. Okay. So apparently, that's um, Aleister Crowley. And the, the line is, bury me in a nameless grave. And it's just slowed down and keeps repeating. And it's just part of some, like, recordings that he put out mm-hmm. um, in that time. And again, that's, like, one thing that's, like, that's interesting.
1: That could be really interesting, yeah. But, but it's, it's just the way it's used.
0: Yeah. I think it's, so overall, I think this movie is a fun, like, October movie. Yeah. Um, but I can't say that this one, of Rob Zombie's movies, I can't say that this one necessarily belongs in the canon. I wouldn't put it in the diaper, because I, I don't think I can give it a point no. for Scare
1: Factor. No, and I'm, I'm not going to either, but I don't think it belongs in the diaper. Um, I I want to do more Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I know we'll get to the Halloween franchise eventually. Yeah um and i i'm really curious about his take on michael myers um but yeah i mean i think he has the potential here and and i'm saying this like 13 years after the movie he's made several movies (laughs) since, so (laughs) it's like he has an eye on this guy (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i i mean i I basically I, i need to see more of his movies but um I I think there are some things that he does here that would lead me to believe that some of his other movies um, are you know pretty good.
0: Yeah, and you can tell. I mean, you know, he's a
1: fan of the genre. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? Oh yeah. Uh, like I said, like in the same way that when you watch a Tarantino movie, that he he is a fan of those different genre films, whereas like films like the Dirty Dozen or. Um, or i don't know uh what's the i know we're not talking about tarantino um but any kung fu movie oh yeah um kill bill well but i'm thinking about the ones that like the scene with the like with the armed like t- uh, suited force in kill bill uh this is embarrassing um anyway, okay, anyway. we're here to talk about yeah. horror movies um <laughs> But I think that, uh, yeah, we'll have to watch some more, more of his movies to see where yeah. it goes. I want to see 31. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do that one. Um, well. Oh, oh okay. wait. One one more thing. So what, since we're talking about Scare Factor, one of the scariest parts of this movie for me is when they have the cop on his knees out by the shed. Yeah. It has that long pan out. Yeah. Walton Goggins. Love that actor. Yes um that long pan out before he shoots him that to me and it's like silence but there's n- no music no background or anything like
1: that it takes forever it does And I love it it took me out of it I really didn't like it no because I knew he would shoot him so it, there is no suspense there if yeah. if there if I felt a sense of like would he really not do it then I could totally see that working but there's just never a doubt in my mind that he wouldn't kill him. Cause why would he not? Yeah. There was no motivation for yeah. him to not kill him. Maybe so, if he had
0: killed him in a different way than a gun to the head, like he's holding the gun to his head and then he
1: slices his throat. Something. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it just, I, I felt like the, everything leading up to that scene, it, it didn't work. So that long take didn't work. Yeah, I, well, I think
0: that's one. That's a perfect example of where he's trying to do. I feel like he's trying to pull a Hitchcock there. Mm, yeah. Um, like we saw in uh, what was the movie that we watched with the Frenzy. serial killer Frenzy. Yeah. Um, you know, with those long yeah. drawn out, uh, uh, pans in the silence. I feel like he's trying to pull that there, but he m- misses something that yeah. makes it, like you said, that actually draws on the suspense. So,
1: Alright, so next time So, this is actually like it kind of has worked out because this, uh, the movie we just reviewed is very much an homage to horror and the next movie is also another homage to horror. We are going to watch The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Um, The Joss Whedon written, um, I can't remember the name of the director, but Um, It is more contemporary take on um, the horror genre. And so uh, that is my final selection for October. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think we
0: accidentally did this with the different um, sort of like homage films. Although, can we say that 2000 Maniacs is... Maybe it's an homage to the South... (laughs) I don't I I guess. Guess, you know
1: that's no. If we if we were smarter, we would have planned this out so that all of the <laughs> movies were no, I like that it was random. Okay. I like that this is like happenstance. Yeah. Um
0: but yeah, I'm excited to rewatch this movie because I I did I have seen it before. Yeah. It's fun.
1: Yeah.
0: But I, like like we so saw here, I think House of a Thousand Corpses is fun, but running
1: it through the rubric it will yield different results. Yeah, and this movie has it definitely has like a divided Fan yeah, yeah, I
0: can't I can't remember if I loved the ending or hated it. Well I had an I had an emotion at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's all
1: I remember. I felt things at the end, but I just don't remember. All right, well, come back next week and we will yeah. delve deep into that emotion.
0: Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get the feels going. Okay. Alright. So check out more episodes on unoyasolstice.com com. E-U-N-O-I-A s o l s t i c e dot com, and also check out check out the test prep from earlier episodes from Stephen McClurg. Well,
1: pencils down, the terror test is over.